Welcome to the Jim Roman Show, where we help you build a better business to build a better life with your host, Jim Roman. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about creating raving fans. Creating raving fans that give you more reviews, more referrals, and more revenue. Welcome to another episode. So why are we talking about creating raving fans? Well, if you know anything about business, studies have shown that keeping clients is less expensive than finding new ones. And I say if we create raving fans, we'll get more reviews, we'll get more referrals, we'll get more revenue. So I thought today's episode would be a great topic to share with you. There are five things, probably more than five things, but five things I'm gonna be talking about today that if you create raving fans, you'll get more reviews, more revenue, and more referrals. So let's jump into them, though, in particular order. Number one, one of the things you can create raving fans is develop processes that create an experience that your clients rave about you. When they clients rave about you, they're telling other people how great you are. Very similar experience would be going to a great movie. When you go to a great movie, you tell all your friends the following day about this wonderful uh, show that you just saw. Or you go to a restaurant and the food is amazing. You tell your friends about that. Imagine if people were raving just like that about you, your business, and or your service. I say if we can develop a process to create that experience, they will rave about you. What are some examples of processes you can put in place? Three come to mind today. Number one is a sales process. I know myself back in the day, I used to do different sales meetings different ways. They would practically be different every single time. Until I was reading the book E-Myth. And in the book E-Myth by Michael Gerber, he talks about creating a business that is like a franchise. That your first customer has the exact same experience as your 1,000th customer. So I thought, what if I did that to my own business? If I did that to sales, that every sales appointment looks the same, follows the same templates, follows the same agenda. It may change up a little bit based on examples and based on industry, but the experience would be the same. And interesting enough, I was able to create a process around that. We call selling the seven C's, getting people to buy from you. These are the seven C's that I take all my prospects through that if I follow this process, they're more likely to do business with me. If I don't follow the process, I'm left to guess whether they want to do business or not. Those type of people say, well, let me think about it. Well, let me get back to my spouse. Uh, those are things that pretty much are saying no, but they're afraid to tell you that. So I think one of the things you could do to increase that experience is, is to improve your sales process. Make it more consistent each and every time. Now, obviously, it'll change based on who you're talking to, what industry you're speaking from. But again, you can have that same step-by-step -step process that they go through. Number two, a number uh, number two process that I would be putting in place in my business is your onboarding process. I think this is one of the best opportunities to create raving fans is how you onboard new customers. Most people uh, have a sales team, a marketing team, and an operations team, and a lot of times the salesperson will close the client, hand it over to operations, and then good luck. We hope that it works very well. I remember that was actually in a construction company we were working with, and the two owners, uh, uh, one was the uh, salesperson and the other one was the operations person, and they were always complaining about each other. The, the one owner was complaining about the salesperson, the salesperson was complaining about the operations owner, and when we come to find out, they didn't have a handoff process. Uh, and that essentially, the salesperson would sell the person, put all the paperwork into a, uh, a folder, and hand it to the operations person and said, good luck. Hopefully, I put everything in there. Where when we were able to put together a checklist, a handoff list, uh, we were able to make sure that the salesperson put everything into the folder that the operations persons were going to need. 
the operations needed to check the folder to make sure all of it was there and then signed off that they accept the deal from that point forward. That one step, that one process made a huge difference, one in their relationship and working together, getting the business to work better, but more importantly, the, the customers were starting to rave again about their products and services. So my question is, do you have an onboarding process? Do you have an onboarding checklist? Repeat that question. Let me ask you, do you have a onboarding checklist? Do you have an onboarding process that you follow? Let me ask you again, do you have an on, let me ask you this question. Do you have an onboarding process? Do you have an onboarding checklist? I believe that if you put that into place, that it'll make a big difference and in everyone involved in all that. Another example of this is I work with a lot of people in the property management industry, and I see a lot of uh, companies are hiring business development people, which I think is awesome. And the question for them would be is do they have a handoff process from the business development person over to the property management division? What do I mean by that? A lot of times business development people will get a new door, get a new client, uh, welcome that client, get the paperwork collected, and then hand it off to the property manager, and then it's left to the property manager to handle that new owner, that new property all to themselves. My question is, does the property manager uh, check in with the, the business development person to let them know how things are going, and does the business development person check in with the property management person months later to make sure everything's good to go? In fact, I recommend people check in every 30 to 90 days uh, in this case, I'd be, I would be um, checking in with the property management division if I were to BDM when they listed the property and then when they leased the property and then when the tenant's been in there for 30 days. And then I would check out with the owner to say, hey, just wanted to check in, see how things went with our property management company, knowing it went well because you checked in every 30 to 90 days. You checked in when they listed it, when they leased it. I promise you if the team worked together in that process, they would start to rave about you give you more reviews, and you would get more referrals, guaranteed. So my question is, do you have an onboarding process? Do you have an onboarding checklist? And then finally, the third thing that I would be doing is in the delivery, delivery of your process and, and, and procedures. Do you have a workflow? Do you know how everything works from the moment someone's interested in your service to becoming a client, getting onboarded, and three, six, 12 months later, so often people don't have that, that process or that workflow mapped out, and I think that's an opportunity where you can find the bottlenecks in your business, improve those bottlenecks, and again, create that customer experience that they will tell other people about you. And a good example of this is Amazon. I buy a lot of my stuff on Amazon, one, for convenience, Two, it's quick and easy, but number three, one of the things I love about Amazon is their return policy. I recently bought several products that did not fit or work for me. All I had to do was print out the return label, go across the street to the UPS store, drop it off. They scanned it and I walked away. That was it. Let me say that again. All I had to do is print out the, the um, refund re receipt for the UPS store, walk across the street, hand it to them, and walk away. I didn't even have to find a box. That was the best part. I didn't have to put it into a box. They took care of all that for me. And so why am I going to order from Amazon? One, it's quick and easy, but more importantly, if the product doesn't work out for me, I can easily return it with ease and grace, little to no friction whatsoever. And now I'm talking on my podcast. That's how much I'm raving about their service. So again, one of the things I would be doing creating raving fans is create that experience that your customers will rave about you.
Number two, second thing you can do to create raving fans is be intentional about getting your clients results. Let me say that again. Be intentional about getting your clients results. What do I mean by that? I think so often when we bring on clients, we hope to get our clients results. We plan to get our clients results, but I'm saying be intentional to get them the actual results going above and beyond. I'll give you an example of this. I worked with a lot of web development people over the years, and some of those web development people who do websites, I find a lot of them will say, we're gonna get you more clicks. In other words, we're gonna get your website, we're gonna get you more clicks, people are gonna come to your website, you're gonna get more traffic, but traffic to your website doesn't lead necessarily to closed business. Now if you take it a step further and you're more intentional to get people to click on your Google to come to your website, what can you do to get people to call your customers? One of the ways is possibly having call tracking, have a call to action on the website. But ultimately, I would wanna know how to get my clients as a web designer, someone who does websites, actual closed business. You heard me right, yes. Web people, a lot of them out there are just creating websites. They think they're so great, they think they're so beautiful, amazing, they did their job, and to some point, they have. To some, they have. But the ones who go above and beyond that not only get you clicks to your website, actually calls to your website, and actually get them to close business, that's the kind of web kind of company I want to be do business with. How do you do that? Write articles on how to get more clicks, how to get more calls, how to get more closes. I have a client who does this exact thing. I love the content they create. They're constantly coming up with ways to improve the results of their clients to get them business. And I think if you go above and beyond just your transaction and you do this for clients, they're going to rave, refer, and give you more revenue. Let me give you another example. Chiropractors. I've been going to a chiropractor for probably two decades now. And a lot of chiropractors will want to first help you get out of pain. And that's awesome because when you're in pain, that's all you want to solve. You want to get rid of that, that neck, that back, the lower back, get you out of pain. But my chiropractor wants to get me in better health. See, getting you out of pain is a short-term fix, but getting me into better health is a long-term fix. It's a lifestyle. If you know my story, I have been overweight most of my life, but I hide it because I wear suits all the time. <laughs> so people never see this side of me. But moving to Florida has been a game changer for me. And about a year and a half ago, two years ago, around COVID time, I decided to do something about my health. And where I heard the rumor of people gain weight during COVID, I actually lost weight during COVID. Because I remember the words of my chiropractor that getting out of pain is short term, but getting into better health is long term thinking. And I'm glad to say now, a year and a half later, I have lost 50 pounds and have kept that 50 pounds off for over a year because of the mindset that my chiropractor put into me and that I'm talking about again, raving about right now. Another example would be a business coach. We're in the business coaching business, as you probably know. We do coaching and consulting. And there's a lot of coaches out there that will help you, you know, have more time, uh, make you more money. And we've done that time and time again, make people more money, making more time. In fact, I'm pretty proud of our results of more money and more time. And I thought making my clients more money and giving them more time, well, they'll have a life. Well, they didn't because they weren't held accountable to that. So a year and a half ago, I said, enough is enough. If you're going to work with me, I'm going to be intentional about your results, that I can make you more money, proven, done that for 17 years. I'm gonna give you more time. Been doing that for 10 years. But now from this point forward, you have to want to have a life beyond the business if you're going to work with me and my team. If not, then we're not a fit. 
I'm happy to say that when I started doing that two years ago, my clients started to listen and they started to have a life beyond the business. And I couldn't be happier because now I'm fulfilling on my purpose on the planet. One of my clients took off the month of January of this year. Another client of mine uh, is investing in real estate. Another one is going on a vacation. A third one went to Italy for a couple weeks with their family. The list goes on and on and I can't be more happier than those who are having a life beyond the business. And so I think it's because I was intentional. I was intentional about making money for my clients. I was intentional giving them time, but I wasn't intentional about giving them a life. And it wasn't until I thought of that and held them accountable did we get the results. So those are just two of the things that I would be doing to create raving fans. Let's talk in a couple more. Number three, go and above and beyond the transaction. Go above and beyond the transaction. What do I mean by that? As I said in uh, previous uh, two tips, a lot of times people will sell a client and then pass it on to the operations side of the business or they'll sell the client and, and get the work done and then move on to the next client that they're gonna get the work done and the next client after that. But I don't see many people going above and beyond the transaction with their current clients to get them to rave about them. For example, one of the things that I seen people do, this is a great idea about going beyond. I was talking to a person who did wallpaper and one of their best techniques in doing wallpaper is they used to check in with their clients uh, every six to 12 months. They would check in to make sure everything was good to go with their wallpaper, that the wallpaper wasn't bubbling, the wallpaper wasn't falling down. And so they would do that every six to 12 months, just checking in uh, on your wallpaper to see how things are going. And in the smallest detail was out of, uh, out of uh, range or not in, in the standard that they would want, they would send a technician over to fix it right on the spot. And interesting enough, when they would go fix that little bubble, that little piece of wallpaper that was hidden behind the curtain that they didn't know they missed, uh, they'd fix it and next thing you know, they had another room to do more wallpaper. And they had their next door neighbor that needed a wallpaper. Well, I found this out in one of our sales class. We were teaching people how to double their business. And this person happened to bring this topic up. And now they were no longer doing wallpaper, now painting houses, interior painting. And I said to them, could you take the same approach to your painting where you check in every six to 12 months on their warranty and saying, hey, how's the paint job going? Is there any bubbling? Did we miss anything? Anything you're not happy with? And she's like, wow, that's a great idea. I know you came up with it. I'm just applying it to the painting business. Well, you can guess what happened. She implemented that idea and the same thing happened. People wanted more quotes on more rooms in the house. They were talking to their neighbors. They were raving, getting more referrals, and what else? Getting more revenue. That's what I'm saying is going above, above and beyond the transaction. There's other examples of that we could talk about. Like car dealers, how many people have bought a new car and never heard from the car dealer ever again, your salesperson ever again? Or realtors, you have realtors who've sold you a house but never followed up to check in on you ever again. Uh, we've bought so many things in our lives. Imagine, imagine if those salespeople would check in with us six, 12 months, two to four years. We probably would buy from them, if not probably refer them. So I think going above and beyond uh, is huge. Uh, you, you, you can give gifts, you can give thank you cards, birthday cards. There's a lot of things that you could do to go above, beyond. These are just some examples. If I were a car dealer, again, a realtor or a painter, figure out creative ways beyond the transaction that you can get in front of them again uh, that will make a big difference. Number four, probably one of my favorite ways of creating raving fans, and that is putting on special events or inviting people to events. You heard me right, putting on a special event or inviting them to some events. What do I mean by special events? 
Over the years, we would put together these events called catalyst events, uh, where there would be a group of people hand-selected to come to an event where we had tons of fun, food, and friendship, fellowship, and the next thing you know it, weeks later, we would be getting more business. Some of those special events are wine tastings, chocolate tastings, uh, even cooking classes. I remember one of the first events I ever put on was a cooking class uh, in Richmond, Virginia at a cooking school. I met the owner, Christine Wasleben. Hello, Christine, if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Christine had an amazing uh, cooking school, and I said to Christine, I'm trying to do something to woo my customers, to create raving fans. I want to do something special, and I thought about your business. Uh, you have a cooking school. I was wondering if I could bring my clients together, and we do some type of cooking, and then eat and break bread with each other, and not talk business, just have fun. In our experience, when we have these fun events, business happens after the fact, and she agreed. And so what we do, I remember the first one we did, is my, I was nervous as all get up, uh, we had about 15 people in attendance, and the more intimate, the better. And we started off making appetizers, and, and we all made the appetizers together. Christine made the main course. We sat down, ate the food, drank wine, had fellowship. Next thing you know it, people were doing business with each other weeks later. Why? Because I think we had something in common, having fun, having food, but also people got to know people. We all know that people do business with people who know, like, and trust you. One of the best ways of doing that is breaking bread with them. So I would encourage you, if you haven't put on a special event or invited somebody to a special event, I would consider doing that. Whether it's an annual chamber gala, which I've gone to several of them, they've been amazing and special, and inviting your clients to be your VIP guests. Putting on a client appreciation event uh, or something like that. There are many events out there that you can buy tickets to bring your guests to. You can attend VIP events with them or put it on your own. I find when you have fun and fellowship with food, it makes a big difference and people want to tell other people about you and then it leads to more business. And then last but not least, number five on the Creating Raving Fans. This is going to sound familiar to you all. I think it's my second favorite. I don't know if the food is my favorite, going above and beyond is my favorite, uh, creating the experience, being intentional about getting results. But number five is calling your customers just to care. That's right, caring calls back again from our previous episode. Uh, I think this now more than ever is important in our society to care for each other with inflation going up, real estate going up, people's bills going up, they're starting to freak out. And I'm worried that people are gonna start getting a little down and depressed. And what better to do to get people back up is a caring call to your customers. A couple examples, I recently made some more calls as I've told you I would do. One of my original co uh, customer calls I made, I told you about was it 10 years ago, is calling a client of mine who used, or a former client of mine I should say, who's a commercial contractor, commercial heating and air conditioning named Bruce. And I haven't talked Bruce in a long time and I called him up, tell him I missed talking to him. It was near the holiday season and I just wanted to reconnect with him. And if you remember the story from a couple of episodes ago, me and Bruce got together, grabbed coffee, and lo and behold, six months later, he became an executive coaching client, all from a caring call because I hadn't heard from him in a while, missed talking to him, and next thing you know it, we're doing business. Fast forward to COVID, COVID hits. I'm worried about people uh, getting a little down and depressed and scared. I reached out to a realtor friend of mine out in Reno, Nevada, hadn't spoken to her in ages, wanted to see how she was doing. She shared with me the challenge she was going through. She opened up to me, and all I did was listen and cared. And interesting enough, six months later, I had a contract to speak for their association. 
just a couple months ago was in Richmond, Virginia, visiting some of my association clients. Haven't seen them in a while and just wanted to say, hey, how are you doing? That led to another introduction, which lead to another, led to another speaking opportunity. Um, long story short, I was just calling the care, and next thing you know, it, it led to business. It doesn't always have to lead to business. Two of the people that I reached out recently, a friend of mine who does my credit card processing and another person I knew from the Chamber of Commerce, it was just great to connect with them and care and find out what they're up to and just reconnect. It lifted my spirits and hopefully it lifted their spirits. And so just making caring calls can make a big difference. In closing, I have lost several friends recently to death. Um, one was a client, two were friends. And I would hate for you to lose a loved one before you got a chance to call and care for them. This now more than ever, I think, is super important. Just by making a phone call to care for your customers, current and past, clients and connections can make somebody's day. And they can start to rave about you in ways you can't imagine. Creating raving fans is probably one of the most important things we can do in our business, but we get too busy. I think the Ritz-Carlton, Nordstrom's, Disney, uh, Zappos and companies like that have proven that creating raving fans will get you more referrals, get you more reviews, and get you more revenue. Start now in caring for the people around you, checking with the people, going above and beyond, creating those experiences because you can make their day, you can make their year. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate all the questions that are coming in. Continue to share us the topics you want to hear from us. And check out our last episode where I shared how my faith got me through the tough times and other topics like that. Again, my name is Jim Roman. Remember, the more you know, the more we all grow. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information, visit my website at jimromanonline.com or follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn at jimromanonline.com. And you can email me at questions at askjimroman.com.